This is the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. We are committed to our students being known, knowing Jesus, and becoming kingdom workers. We hope this podcast serves to encourage, challenge, and to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Green Student Ministries. You guys can have a seat. Uh, For those of you, I think I've mentioned this a couple of times, even in my testimony a few weeks ago, but um, I grew up here at the church. Actually, like, when I was really, really little, I started going to the chapel, and I was even a part of the student ministry here. So I would have small group actually in here, and that was the thing I think that stuck out to me the most about being a part of the chapel, was being a part of one of our small groups. And I jumped in when I was in sixth grade, and I remember my room that I would meet in every Sunday was actually that one right there. And I would meet there every Sunday, and there was a group of about 10 girls, and we'd all just chat, and sometimes we would get really off topic, but we'd have the best time in the whole world. I loved getting to be with them. And in the beginning, when I first jumped in, it was a little bit clicky, I'm not going to lie. There were some groups of girls that would only really talk to each other, and then there was other girls that were like, oh, we're not really friends, I'm not really going to really engage or talk to you at all. But as we continued to grow, and from our leaders that were really wise and older than us and that really poured into us, they encouraged us to, like, break out of those, even those little cliques, those little, like, niches that um, sort of break out and so we could all be friends together. And that was one of the really cool things that started to come up through the years in my small group. I kept with the same group from sixth grade all the way up to senior year. So we had this same group. Our leaders came and went. But man, it was just really, really cool to see how our groups changed and how they evolved. New girls would come in. Some girls would leave. But there was like a bond that kept growing and growing and growing throughout the years. And I think that's just because we started to develop this word community. We started to have this community amongst each other. We started to see each other as friends. And we would lean on them. Our group chat would go off all the time, talking about even funny things, like silly things, but also prayer requests. We'd be like, hey, my grandma is sick, please pray for me. And even as we got into high school, our lives started to grow and to change and to get more complicated, I think. But we really leaned in on each other. And some of the hardest times in my life were spent in high school and in middle school. And I am so, so blessed to have the people in my life and my small group. I don't think I really would have gotten through as well as I did if I didn't have that group of girls surrounding me, praying for me, uh, even just giving space to be vulnerable and open. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. I know that we, Adam and I even talked about how small groups are opening up today. And I just want to talk about Uh, small groups, and this specifically this word community. Um, I think this kind of like this church word that we throw out a lot, and how I like to think of community is it's basically the same way that church is described. We see the church being described in lots of ways in the Bible. And community is all of those things, but on a smaller scale, in an even deeper sense. And so this community is what I want us to talk about this morning because I believe community happens best in small groups, in a group of people that are like us, around the same age. 
where we can just come together and grow deeper together. And as I was looking at the word community, um, this passage just jumped to my mind immediately. Um, it's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. So if you have your Bibles, open them up, and it's going to be in the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews is pretty close to the back. So if you open up your Bibles, it's probably even better to start from the way back and move in. So it's the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. So we're just going to be looking at two verses, but these two verses are like packed with so much good and rich wisdom that I want us to look at. Um, And as I was studying this passage, these couple of verses, I came up with some goals for community from this passage. This passage offers a lot of wisdom of how a community of people should look, how the church should act and how it should look. So the first goal that I want us to look at is community is filled with people who love and who do good. And that's found right at the very beginning. So hopefully you're there by now, but if you're not, it's also on the screen. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this first goal comes from the very beginning Verse 24, where it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Part of being a part of the church is loving and serving others. We see this all throughout Scripture. Jesus talks about this so many times and marks on the importance of sharing love with one another. And if we are the church, a body of believers coming together, we should be known for loving for being people that love and serve others. And this love, Kali talked about it so wonderfully in the big room. So again, if you guys aren't going to service in the big room, man, I so encourage you guys to do so. He shared so deeply and so wonderfully about this word love. Um, But I can't go into all those details, but man, just an encouragement to go in there. There's some really good wisdom in there. But this love is more than being nice to people, okay? So I think sometimes we're just like, eh, if I just like smile or just like avoid them, that's nice, that's good enough. That's not true. This love shares this actual concern for another person, this genuine caring for the relationship of the other person, caring about their well-being, making sure they're okay, wanting them to be in a good spot, wanting the best for them. And this is the love that the church should be doing, not only to each other. Man, we should be loving each other. But man, we should be loving others around us. That's what the church should be known for, for a place that is loving and kind and serving other people. And I think as we know that that's a part of being the church, I think it's a good place for us to like reflect and think on, man, is the church known for that? Is the church known for being a place that loves and does good and serves others? And I'm talking like big C church. So not just the chapel in green, but all campuses from not just Ohio, but all over the world. Is the church, the big C church, known for loving all of those people around them? Okay, then take it even a step smaller. So we see the big C church should be known for loving. How about our church? How about the place that we gather every week, the chapel in green? Are we known for being people that love? And then even smaller, are we at GSM 
in this space being known for loving other people? When new people walk in, do they feel loved initially or do they feel outcast? How do they feel? How are we being presented? Do we love in this room? And then even, even smaller, are you known for being someone that loves and does good? Because I think if we want change to go from, if we want GSM to change, the chapel in green to change, the chapel to change, and then even just the world, the big C church to change, to be, a, uh, to be known for loving and doing good, it has to start with us. We also have to be known for loving and doing good. So we see that's like a good, like, heart check for us, to be like, man, what am I known for? Am I be, do people recognize me as someone who is kind and loving? Not just my friends, but the people at my school, my classmates, my family. Am I known for being someone that loves? And one of the best ways for us as a community of people to be known for loving and doing good is by pushing others to do that. So doing that ourselves, but also encouraging one another. Hey, man, let's all love together. Let's push each other to do good around us. And that's where that word spur or provoke sometimes in our Bible say. That we may consider that we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So do I have any, like, horse girls in here? Any horse girls? You can just shout a little nay. It's a horse girl thing. <laughs> I'm not a horse girl, but I appreciate horse girls. I live with a horse girl, so I've learned a lot about horses. Anyway, so, <laughs> but, so, for the horse girls probably already know this, but when it comes to riding a horse, sometimes you have these, like, little things called spurs. It's like a little wheel, and it has little spokes in it. And so when you're riding the horse, you can sometimes, like, kick it on the horse to make sure the horse is going in the correct path. Like, if they need to listen up to, like, hey, horse, do this. Like, make sure you're going on the right path. Hey, don't eat this grass. Don't do that. Man, I need you to go in the right direction. And they'll do, like, a little kick, a little movement to make sure that the horse understands what it's doing. Sort of, like, push them to do it, to encourage the horse to go ahead and go ahead and do it. And when I was talking to my horse girl roommate about spurs, because I needed to be taught, I was like, she said something that was really cool, I thought. Because at first, it sounds like that's going to hurt the horse. You know, there's like this little wheel that spikes them. And she's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't hurt the horse at all unless you do it incorrectly. Unless you're being really, really harsh with the horse, that's the only time it hurts or it does actual damage. And I think if even that allows us to understand what this word spur means or provoke, it gives us this better idea. It's this call to like, hey, get our people's attention. Let's get us back on track. If you see your friend or someone doing something, and you're like, man, I think they're, they're not loving. They're not really doing good. Or I see this in them, and I can see that going down a wrong path. Or maybe they're hanging out with a, a bad group of friends. Maybe I need to encourage them to like, hey, let's, let's try to love and to make sure we have good influences in our life. It's this call to like push and to correct each other. It's this word provoke. It's also meaning to sharpen. It's almost like an intensive action that causes another action. And so we see that that's a big way for us to be known as loving and doing good is by each other encouraging one another to do the same. 
And just as a horse can be harmed if it's done improperly, I think that's also the case with us. So if we're trying to spur one another on to correct them, to get them back on the right path, and we're doing it from not a place of gentleness and love, that can do some real harm or some damage. Even like, I think of if we're trying to even like publicly embarrass them, like in a whole group of friends, like, hey, that friend's not doing this, you need to be doing this instead. Man, that could cause some big hurt and some harm. But with that, if we do it from a place that's loving and gentle, and with the hope that, man, I want the best for you, but I see this in you, and I want you to grow deeper with Christ. Man, that can really help and edify and to help each other grow and get us all back on track to being a people that are known for loving and doing good. This reminds me of a proverb. It's Proverb 27, verse 6. It says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So what this is saying is if it's coming from a place of love and of friendship, man, pushing one another to go back on track and to love Jesus and to live in a right way, those are good things. And sometimes that can hurt. I'm not saying if you don't correct your friend, there's not going to be a little bit of pain. But man, it's, it's for the better if we're all on the same page from a loving and gentle spot. So a community, our goal should be filled with people who, who love and do good. So we should be encouraging one another to do the same. And the second goal that I want us to look at is a community openly spends time together. And so that's found in verse 25. It says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This passage speaks to the importance of being in the same proximity with one another frequently. With gathering together, it speaks to the connection between spending time with someone and the relationship growing. It's encouraging those things to be happening. And so I think that is so important for us to know that there's a big, it's a big deal to make the commitment to gather together and to be with one another. I think the people that you spend the most time with are the people that you're connected to the most. Even in your own minds, think of the people that you're closest to. Think of the person that you feel most connected and you have the best relationship with. This person is probably someone that you spend the most time with. So this passage is pointing towards the importance of spending time with one another. I mean, that's why in small groups we meet either weekly or bi-weekly, every other week. We want to make those, we want to establish those relationships early on by providing opportunities to spend time with one another. Because that's a great way, an easy way to see relationships grow and to move forward. But with that, I think showing up is so, so good. It's like the first step. But also engaging is also so important. I think sometimes if we just show up, um, that's really good, but we also need to make the plunge or the step to even like converse or to talk with other people. And I know that can be scary for some of us, but man, if you put in the effort to get to know someone, that really grows relationships and helps to establish community even greater. So I want to encourage all of us, even if it feels awkward or weird, to just take the step even to talk to another person 
like get to know them, to not even just the people that we're friends with, but even people that we don't know, to try to make those steps to get to know each other and to establish this community. And one thing that I think that we miss because of the time period that this was written, this would have meant something a little bit deeper for those who are reading this passage. Because at the time, persecution was very, very common in those days. People were being put to death for being Christians. If people found out openly or publicly that someone was Christians, they would have a target on their back. So this passage is not only saying, yes, please meet together, make sure you spend that time, that commitment with one another. It's also pushing them to continue to persevere even in the midst of persecution. It's this call to boldness in your faith. And I think that also speaks to us today. I know we don't face that sort of dangerous persecution here in America, but I still think there's part of us that want to hide that we're Christians at some point. And man, this is, this is pushing us to be like, no, we have to be bold in our faith. We're not ashamed of the gospel, but we should be proclaiming the gospel. People should know that we are Christians by how we live, yes, but even how we talk and what we say. And that includes in our classrooms. I think sometimes that can also be really scary. But I encourage you guys to be bold in your faith, to take that step, to be like, yeah, Actually, I do go to church, and I do have a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you about him. I love him, and I think he loves you too. I think those moments where we're bold in our faith, those are big, powerful moments that the Holy Spirit is using you in mighty ways, in ways that sometimes we can't even see. So there's this call to meet together, and that helps create a community that runs very, very deep. And the third goal that I want us to look at is a community encourages others to have an eternal mindset. And that's the very last portion of verse 25. And it says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I love the word encourage. I think some of us have just a natural gift for being really encouraging to one another, for complimenting one another. But man, all of us should get in the habit of trying to encourage the other person, to make the other person feel good or be reminded of who Jesus is. And I came up with a couple of examples, practical things that we can do to encourage one another. One of them can be complimenting someone on their gifts or talents. Be like, hey, I see that you're a really good student. Man, that's awesome that you're doing that. Man, I love that you have such a heart for caring about other people. Thank you. I see that you're wanting to serve, encouraging other people in that way. Another big way is comforting someone who's in need. Man, this speaks volumes for someone to come alongside another person and to comfort them, even in grief of someone losing a loved one. Maybe they're just having a really hard day or they're losing sense of who they are. Um, To come alongside someone and comfort them really shows that you care deeply about them, and that has a big weight to encourage another person. Another way to encourage is to share wisdom with someone, to offer guidance or to offer some advice to someone who's asking for advice. Those are great ways to encourage. To remind them of the person of Jesus, even to bring out a piece of scripture and be like, hey, I know you're having a hard day. This made me think of you. Those are great opportunities and great moments 
to share love and to love other people and to encourage one another. Another one is to pray for another person, to offer prayer, to encourage and to help and to come alongside. And all of these things should be done in the light of someone getting to know Jesus a little bit more. And this can also be done with this eternal perspective. And that's where that, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That day that that scripture is talking about, it's talking about Jesus' return to earth. So we believe that Jesus died and rose again and that he will come back to complete and to reign on earth. And that day is the day that judgment for those who do not believe will come and for full restoration for those who believe will come. We see that at, there's this ultimate hope, this eternal perspective that you know one day Jesus will return, he will come back, all will be made right. And man, I want as many people as I know, the people that I love, my family, my friends, to be a part of that. I want them to know the hope that I have, that even in the midst of hardships or difficulties, there will be a day that God, Jesus, will reign and that all will be made well and he will be our king and savior. And that perspective change is really helpful for us, not only for you individually, but for you to also share with those around you, to give them this perspective change of hope, of faith, of Jesus making things right again, even in a broken world. He will come back and he will endure. So a community that we want to establish encourages all of us, encourages each other to look to the hope of the future. And so those are the three goals that I came up with after reading this passage, these couple of verses. And so what does this mean for us this morning? And I want us to first take note of how the church we look, how we look here at GSM. Are we people that show love and do good to others around us? And how can we change that if we're not? How can we more look like that in this room? And I think some really good ways for us to look more like that, of a place that is loving and that does good, is by small steps that make really big impact. And so that includes just introducing yourself to someone that you don't know. Saying hi to someone, be like, hey, what's your name? Do you want to join Nine Square with me? Like those are steps of encouraging and bringing people in to a community that are so, so big. Us as leaders should be doing those things. But man, if you as students do them, that is an even greater impact. And I want to encourage you guys that those are small steps that provide really big impact for those in our lives. Because there's some of us in here that just need a friend that just need a friendly face to include them, to show love to them, to act like they, to show that they care, to introduce them so that someone knows their name. Those are really big, important things that all of us need. All of us want to be seen, to feel included. So man, I want us to encourage to be a place that that is what we do here, so that we include people and that we love those around us. And I want you, you to ask yourself if you're doing this currently. Like even this morning, we're like, did I just like blow past all the people that I don't know? Or did I choose to interact or to engage with someone that looked lonely or that I didn't actually know? Man, I challenge you to do so. And so this morning, Adam and I already talked about it, but 
today's small group sign-ups start. And like we said before, I believe that this is the best way that we can engage in community here. That's the best way for us to have this community that encourages one another to love and to do good. Because that's a place where we can meet weekly together, that we can actually have real conversations, for this room to feel a little bit smaller, to feel like we have a place in this, pl- in this space, a place where we can pray for one another, to even laugh and to goof off. Man, those are important things, to just have fun together. I think small groups shouldn't always be serious, but there should be a lot of fun that we get to have with one another. And also a place where we can ask questions and to learn more about Jesus. So if you were a part of a small group last year, I want to encourage you again to sign up again, to take the step and to practice living like this in your small groups, to take some of the things that we see in this passage and to start implementing them in your small groups, in the places that you interact with a lot. And I also want to challenge you for those who were in a small group to have eyes for people who weren't in a small group to have eyes for people who seem lonely or lost, to even have eyes in your friend groups, and to invite them to join in on your small groups. I think small groups should be a place where we're constantly inviting new people in and allowing more people to feel included and to have a space for community. So I wanna challenge those of you who are in a small group to invite your friend. If you're like, man, my friend I think needs a place where they can come to church and get to know other people. Or my friend just needs to feel loved right now. Do you wanna join my small group for just a little bit? I think those are great things and those are powerful things that you guys can be doing to move the kingdom forward. And if you're not, if you weren't a part of a small group, I want to encourage you guys to just jump in and do it. To take time to even process, man, do I have the time, the commitment that I want to like just sacrifice and to join in? But I hope you do, because I think this is a place where we can feel community and love and growing together um, to follow Christ closer and closer. And so that small group that I mentioned that I had uh, all throughout middle school and high school Uh, We created such a deep bond between all of us, and I'm still really actually close to those girls today. Some of my closest friends are still those girls that I had in sixth grade that saw all my weird, awkward stages and still loved me, people who saw me go through hardships and difficulties And those relationships that I built in that small group lasted such a deep and long time. Man, I hope that all of us get to get to a place where we can experience that kind of community, that camaraderie with one another, to love others and to point to Jesus in the midst of all of that. So you guys pray with me. Father, we love you. We thank you for how you love us and how you've given us this blessing to have community to feel your love through another person, God. Thank you for giving us that gift, that you've placed people in our lives that can speak truth to us, that can include us, God. Thank you for using um, those of us in this room even to to share love and to encourage each other, God. 
And Holy Spirit, I pray that you equip us to be bold in our faith, to be bold in our faith in our homes and in the classrooms, God, that we can be people that love and that do good to those around us, God. Lord, we need you for all of those things. We need you to lean on in those moments, God. And God, we ask that you help us in those moments to come alongside us and to care for us and to keep us moving forward, God. God, we praise you for being a God who created us to be together, who created us to love each other and to be loved by others, God. We thank you for being our Savior, God. We love you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Greenston Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact us at gsm.thechapel.life or follow us on Instagram at Green Student Ministries. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.